The pearls of the mind are valuable and must be seriously safeguarded from the careless and the unconcerned. But to those who value truths explored, come, think with me. When Ghana won her independence from colonial British rule, and while Mahatma Gandhi was struggling to deal with the manners of India, the U.S. was struggling with Jim Crow, and segregation was the rule where black people were a minority of people that were not privy to all the things of a, of a free society. We were segregated under a Jim Crow law, which meant that we had separate water fountains and separate bathrooms, and we couldn't eat in separate places. We couldn't be educated in certain places. We were, we were separate, but not equal. And equality became an issue. Martin King preached a sermon, The Birth of a New Nation. And it was on the heels of Ghana's independence. It was a celebration. And Martin exposed in that sermon the beloved community. Now, there have been other people talking about the beloved community. But Martin, Martin, Dr. King went after this subject matter with, with, with much passion. He, he believed that, uh, that this beloved community, a community of love, and justice and solidarity would eventually be actualized in human history. And to that end, the civil rights movement was undergirded by the, the life force of the beloved community. And this is important because much of, much of the 60s movement, those who walked with King, very much like those who followed Jesus, I've said this before, did not quite understand the whole story didn't get the whole vision, and became subject to the war between blacks and white. And that was never what King was about. Uh, King argued in his sermon, he said that, that if we're going to, to participate in, in the nonviolent uh, uh, aftermath of freedom gained, then we had to have clean hands. And we couldn't play political games, but we had to understand strategies of human reasoning and rationale. So the, the idea of exposing to the world the injustices of a, a segregated society by protesting, nonviolently responding to violent reactions to protests, because any group of people with power threatened by a lesser group of people in terms of power become bitter, embittered, and strained, and strained by it. You know, when you leave Egypt, you got to deal with Egyptian bitterness, if you will. They got no help. Anyway, so that was the deal. Well, some people just got into a good fight. They put on a nonviolent uh, out, out with appearance, but inside just as violent as those that were being violent against them. 
but they were pushed by a nonviolent reaction. Keep that in your mind, okay? Because the realities are clear when you start watching the reenactment of a, noble, a nobler time. Because those who were left to carry on were bourgeois, middle class now. And their consciousness was a bit different, I think. While they, they, they fought for injustice, continued to fight for injustice, they were enjoying some of the very power that they never, want, never had enjoyed themselves. And the prominence, <laughs> the affluent society is always affected by her affluence. Okay, and when you're an outsider and now you're on the inside and you can show up in places where you couldn't show up because we broke the back. They broke it back. They broke the back of Jim Crow, but they did not destroy him. The beloved community puts to a close all matters of segregated realities. There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, black nor white. <laughs> when the sons of slave owners and the sons of slaves can be brothers and sisters, then we have actualized the beloved community. Until such time, we are dealing with variant forms of Jim Crow, Jim Crow rather, and, 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 and segregation and racism. It was quieted until somebody released him. And we can rationalize our own realities and create alternate belief systems and put them in place and run rampant and, and ragged over people who will not fight back. <laughs> well, the idea of the beloved community has to have Where is the modern day Joshua? Where, where is that true voice, the true voice that understands the, the details and the difficulties that does not have the fight and the resentment of martyrdom? Because King was clear, when you, if you come out of Egypt, you got to expect rough times. Martyrdom, Jesus was clear, Matthew tells that story, that mission and martyrdom is a reality that, that merges, I've used the term before, coexists. Freedom is not given on a civil plot, a king says. No, 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 no. Somebody's got to bleed. But of the bleeding crowd, there must not be vengeance and resentment when we see injustice, but it must be a trigger to the alternatives of dealing with that which is unjust. unjust. Now this is interesting because the victim of racism cannot become the new racist. I'm afraid that we got a lot of black folks who don't really believe that black people can be racist. But I'm sorry. Any man who allows 
hatred of any kind, a seat in his heart can express and become the worst of himself. Racism is not indigenous to white America. <laughs> that kind of prejudice and bigotry is, is, is a part of affluence and wealth misunderstood. As long as there is, we're in an affluent society and there is poverty down the street, we have not found what we were looking for. King talked about the birth of a new nation. And it was global, a global reality. And that's the way he saw it. But we are still in our narrowness. You know, and, and what we want to do is we want to shame the structures. We've already done that. Now it's time to handle consolation to those who have the courage to be violent and crazy. At what point will the slave demonstrate to the slave owner how to reign as brothers? As long as the table is non-negotiable, we have to make sure we understand that it's non-negotiable, not because one party won't negotiate, it's because it's non-negotiable because two parties are not negotiating. You can't, you can't, well, we, we're here at the table, well, how are we there, what do we have, and what are we bringing to the table, and how are we facing the ones that won't, won't come to the table, what are we doing? Huh? Where is the investment for the beloved community, the sake of the community? I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about politics. Uh, politicians are, are, are far from the, two, the tools of brotherhood. By the time the politician gets it, it's a concern of just mobilizing the legal structure. Okay? Because you can't legislate morality. You can't legislate love. You can't legislate respect. You can only legislate laws. And if, if a clever mind handles the law in a clever way, you can get around even legislating law. But you can never make law a, a, a proof positive of justice. Justice is a matter of the heart. Hmm. He believed that the community of the beloved would emerge out of love, sense of justice, and solidarity. So, whenever God's people, whenever the creation moves against the creator, there's always taking the clay and returning it to the wheel and remolding. There's also remnant consciousness where God will purge to produce God's own. Pandemics. Hmm. Could it be a sign of the time? 
could it be an emergence of the call to the love community? Well, let's just say this. Martin King had a vision. And when last we saw him, he was going up the mountain. Where's Joshua? Think with me. Our time has passed and gone, but the journey moves on forward and upward towards him. Until we meet again, consider the joy of this part of the journey.